Welcome to Sweet Valley Diaries, the podcast where getting your photo in the paper is one teen's dream and another teen's nightmare. Book number 55, Perfect Shot. Will Shelly Novak lose her chance for love? Well, hello, gladiators, and welcome to another episode of Sweet Valley Diaries. Do you recognize that voice? The sound of an older man's voice? I don't know if it does it sound like my voice. Not really. That's not the same. The voice. No. <laughs> yeah, like voice inheritance doesn't. Well, but my, my voice sounds a lot like mom's. Your voice sounds a lot like your mom's. Yeah. It did when I was a teenager. Anyway, so we're talking. I'm talking to my dad. It's Don Flaxbart, everybody's but favorite. Your, your voice guest. is more animated like mine than your mom's was. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, there you go. It, that's how it's like the Mendel's, you know, theory of her- hereditary voice structure. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm not all here. I'm I'm on a trip home to Chicago, and it's the second to last day of my trip, and I'm feeling a little bit of that day before you go home ennui. Yeah. Yeah. Um, me too. I mean, I'm I'm here. Here we are, nevertheless, spending a good chunk of our one of our final days doing, you know, one of our favorite things. Yes, it's <laughs> one of one of the two months that sh- summer in Chicago. <laughs> That's true. And uh, we're inside, and we have the air conditioning turned off, and we're going to talk about a Sweet Valley High novel. Yes. Um, and the book in question is called Perfect Shot. Can I just say that when you do the music for this? My vote is for Pat Benatar's Hit Me With Your Best Shot. Oh, okay. So where- I think that double entendre of the photographer going to, sh- to win in your heart by taking this perfect picture is just perfect. Well, well there you go, Gladiators. Dad just summed up the plot of the book in one sentence. It could be the shortest episode ever. We're at like three minutes. I'm going to let you lead this thing, but it seems to me that compared to other books I've read, and I haven't read a lot of these, mind you, this one... Where it was going was pretty obvious from the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Well, especially, you're right, the double entendre of the title, Perfect Shot, does refer to two things at once. It's really one of those mm, perfect titles, like yeah. chef's kiss titles, yeah. where it refers both to Shelley Novak being a basketball player and Jim Roberts being a photographer, and both of them need to be at the top of their game <laughs> for this uh, uh-huh. book to go off. But if you are thinking gladiators like Shelley Novak, Jim Roberts, what? <laughs> you should know that a few minutes ago before we sat down, Dad, you were like, yes. I need to do a quick review to see the characters. Yes, yes. And then there's the third shot. Will they have a shot at true love? Oh, sure. Okay. <laughs> you were just thinking about that while I was continuing the sentence. <laughs> That it's that's true. That is the third shot. Yeah. So you remember a few minutes ago you were saying to me like, oh, I need to cram real quick to see. To, oh, that's to remember all the characters' names because I don't live in this world, so they all seem strange to me. Well, sure, and that fair enough. But what I then did was like, <laughs> I, okay, yeah, me too. Let, let's rattle off, and I'm like, okay, Greg Hilliard. There's Kathy. There's Carol. There's Patrick McLean. We got. 
uh, Jim Roberts. And I was saying like, okay, those are just the characters that are new in this book. <laughs> like people we've never heard of before this book. So it's one of those. But Jessica and Elizabeth also do play a role as ever. And some of our, our old favorite friends, Amy Sutton, we'll get to that. Yeah. But most of the characters, and including the two main characters pictured on the cover, are brand new people. Shelly's friend Kathy, is she new? Never heard of Kathy before. Okay. Kathy, who, I don't know if she even got a last name in Ulrich. this book. Oh, did, oh, her name is yes, Kathy this Ulrich. Is, this, okay. is how, this is my mnemonic remember the name. Novak is Czech. Ulrich is German. French will put in France. <laughs> McLean will put in Scotland. And Greg Hilliard, I don't know where he goes, but I'm putting him and Jim Roberts in England. <laughs> Okay. Well, they're all they're all American, Dad. They're all oh yeah, Californians. But there's Californians, yeah. <laughs> but so Shelley Novak and Jim Roberts are pictured on the cover of this book. So shall we describe the cover? Well, she's a copperhead, redhead, tall, thin, good-looking uh, woman with a come hither <laughs> stare at the uh, on the cover, and he is looking at her. Um, with a bit of interest and a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, I would say she's definitely striking a pose on yeah, this cover. Yes, yes. The book describes Shelley Novak as having some kind of unflattering haircut, but that doesn't really seem to be the case here. Um, like a very like workman's like yeah. basketball player haircut. She's got a ponytail here. And she's posing with the basketball under her arm and she's uh, like smizing. Yes, she's yeah. really like... Like staring name? down an opponent almost, kind of, but she's in a cute way. I don't know. It's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I think what you're alluding to with Jim Roberts, I mean, I feel like a, a random person looking at this cover would think this is a a danger scenario here. <laughs> the man behind her does not look like a high schooler. And also he is looking at her in a way with, because he's got the camera around his neck oh, and yeah. he's holding onto the lens. And it's just like, Oh, Shelly, watch out for that guy. <laughs> I don't know. They both look a little bit suspect, but that's just the cover. That's the yeah, cover only yeah. the, in the book. Oh, Oh, also, I guess I should say he's got like a matching shirt and jeans happening like his shirt is sort of like a denim shirt and he's got <laughs> yeah. blue jeans on so that's always always nice fashion choices so the camera story element of the book is brought up right at the beginning right there's a a photography contest right elizabeth and i guess her current boyfriend or i don't know if yeah jeffrey french. jeffrey french i mean dad you've read it's interesting earlier you said that you had not read that many of these books but this is actually the fourth one of these books that you've read uh-huh. but it's the first one since way back in season one i believe it was book nine racing hearts uh-huh. that you've read that's just like a part of the regular series uh-huh. so in both of the special edition books that you read uh-huh. jeffrey french was not a factor right so, yeah. Yeah. But they've been together for a while. Although the, the clock is ticking on that relationship. Spoiler yeah. alert, gladiators. I, I kind of felt like Elizabeth and Jeffrey were in here a little bit like a Greek chorus. They kind of tell you to, the mood and what you should be looking for. And other than that, they don't have much role. <laughs> yeah. I think it's just like, these are the characters you know and love. Like, if we're going to fill the whole book with randos, we got to have a touch point with our familiar <laughs> characters. But so I I have a passage I can read that has just kind of sums up what's going on with this contest. I'm going to read enough that we can show off a little bit of the writing in in this this book. (laughs) 
Roger Collins, one of the most popular teachers at Sweet Valley High, had told his classes that he would act as a liaison between the newspaper and the students. He would be accepting photo submissions up until a week from Friday. You've got to enter it, Jeffrey, Elizabeth said with the characteristic exuberance. I know you'll have an excellent shot at winning. You're such a good photographer. I don't suppose you're at all biased, Jeffrey teased her. Enid shook her head. No way. Elizabeth knows a great photographer when she sees one. Don't tell me you're thinking about not submitting any of your work. Jeffrey laughed. Talk about peer pressure, he complained good-humoredly. Who said anything about not trying? Of course I'll submit something, he grinned at Elizabeth, as long as my tried-and-true newspaper pal here helps me decide which photograph to send them. Jeffrey was referring to the fact that Elizabeth was one of the hardest-working staff writers for the Oracle, Sweet Valley High's school paper. Jeffrey was a photographer for the paper, and they'd gotten to know each other through working on the Oracle. But Mr. Collins said the competition is wide open. The judges aren't really looking for anything in particular. Oh, I'm, that's, I'm doing Jeffrey's voice. That's Elizabeth. But Mr. Collins said the competition is wide open. The judges aren't really looking for anything in particular, she reminded him. Yeah, I guess they just want to encourage young photographers, Jeffrey said, taking another bite of macaroni and cheese. I wouldn't mind winning a video camera. I can think of someone I wouldn't mind taking movies of. He winked at Elizabeth. Enid groaned. If you two start getting romantic, I'm going to have to leave, she teased them. Hold off for a minute, okay? So, you know, the Sweet Valley News is having a photography contest. There is no category. It's none of uh, this... Um, Sweet Valley in the year 2000, a very specific category thing. And uh, Jeffrey's, you know, probably a shoe-in, and the prize is a video camera. <laughs> that sounds like an, a nice prize, although I'm, I'm trying to imagine what the video camera looked like back then. This I think time. it would have been really big. I feel like this is the late 80s, maybe a VHS cassette inside. Yeah, um, I think maybe- that's about right. Or, or they were bigger than that but they were they were they looked like vhs cassettes and i think that it struck me as slightly humorous i mean i couldn't see it's not outlandish but that the prize for a photography contest was a video camera as if they're the same thing but you know whatever that's the prize so that's the motivation and for now that's all that's just a, a little plant we're gonna forget about this contest for a while that's just a seed being planted for later now we're taken to the other big engine of the book which is there's this big basketball girls basketball competition uh uh-huh. tournament playoff and it's like uh-huh. if sweet valley is playing a school ooh, a new school I, i'm pretty sure called emerson. emerson emerson yes i don't know where emerson is located but if sweet valley can you know win best three best out of three out of five yeah best three out of five in this tournament then they'll go on to the playoffs who's ever heard of a regional or state basketball or well, sports tournament general where you play the best three out of five that's usually for championship league you know when you're in a tournament at the end or something uh i mean it's it, it's done in tennis i guess but uh that's the only thing I can think of. I've never heard of a... <laughs> well, I think it's entirely possible that the um, editors and writers in the world of Sweet Valley High knew a lot more about tennis than they did about <laughs> about basketball. We've had had tennis very recently. <laughs> Shelly Novak is a star player, and Shelly Novak is notably six feet tall. She's also right. a high school junior. And that's an important element of the story, too. So the question of Shelly Novak's six-foot tallness is something that is much ballyhooed in this book. It's something that Shelley feels really bad about. And 
But I think generally we're led to believe that her height, nobody really, almost nobody really thinks of her height as being any kind of detraction, don't you think? Well, she gets then some has a history of some normal teasing from other girls about too, calling her too tall or something like that, right? She but, has, yeah, she has a memory of being teased when she was younger. The book does say that she's been the tallest girl in her class for as long as she can remember. Right, but 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 you're right. I mean, basically in the book, that's not an issue with that she's tall for anybody else except for her. Right. So Shelley suffers throughout this book from a lot of uh, low self-esteem. I mean, that's really her, that's her issue that she has to get over. Like, that's right. her, her problem and is, is her self-esteem. And so there is even a moment in the book where um, we find Shelley wondering if the only reason she scored so many points was because she was the tallest girl on the team. Yes, isn't that a hoot? That would be a reasonable thing to think if you're the tallest person on the basketball team. <laughs> yeah, but it's like instead of thinking like, oh, well, good thing I'm so tall because yeah. it really helps me be a great basketball player. She thinks it's as if my I don't have any skill at all. It's only my height that is allowing me to do this. So it's like she's she feels like she's cheating or something. It's, yeah, it's complicated. I, I, it's a little bit strange in that normally a... I would think a, a, even a young woman who, you know, who might be prone to worry about being, if she's too tall wouldn't worry about it if she had come to see herself as a basketball player, much less a particularly good basketball player. Then all of a sudden, you would think you would have incorporated that into your self-image, you know. Uh, and clearly, she's always liked playing basketball because uh, she's played with Greg Hilliard and his younger brothers, who you can identify yeah. for the listeners. Right. So Greg Hilliard is a neighbor uh-huh. that Shelley has had a crush on for a long time. And he's two years older, I think, or something like that. One year older? He's but a he's senior. Old. He's okay, a he's senior. One, okay, so he's one year older than her. And at the beginning of the book, she's actually kind of having a hard time playing because she's like overcome with her feelings of... Uh, obsession with Greg Hilliard. And Greg Hilliard has recently broken up with his girlfriend, Carol. So Shelly's kind of thinking, like, this is my chance. And there's a big dance coming up that's, like, actually kind of a combo dance and sports banquet Yes, that will honor the best, you know, sports people, athletes, we call them, right. <laughs> at Sweet Valley High. And it's just, like, right after the playoffs happen. It's the big dance at the end of the book. So- oh, the big dance. was that? That's a, that is a basketball thing. Oh, the big dance, yeah. The last, That's what they the could last have called, dance. They could also have called this book. It's interesting, I think, throughout this uh, book, the way that whether or not things are going well in Shelley's life has a huge impact on her playing. in right. her love, Well, in her love life, specifically. Yeah. Which is interesting. But so, she's thinking about Greg Hilliard. She wants to ask him out. She doesn't totally know what's going on with him and Carol. She wants to ask him to the dance. So speaking of the dance, I did mention that not everybody was sold on Shelley Novak's tallness being an asset. And one person has really consistently uh, throughout the ever since she showed up in town, been a reliably uh, just sort of negative poisonous influence (laughs) on everything she touches. That's right. It's Amy Sutton. So here's the passage where Amy and Jessica are talking about 
Shelly Novak. The cheerleaders, Amy's on the cheerleading spot, and the cheerleaders are doing a lot of cheering for these basketball games. Right. I'm sure she can find a date, Jessica added. She's really pretty. Amy laughed. Maybe she is, but she's about six inches taller than most of the guys we know. What guy wants to dance with a girl who's taller than he is? No one I know. Jessica couldn't believe Amy sometimes. Much as she thought her friend was a lot of fun, Amy occasionally surprised her with her mean streak. I think you have to be tall to play basketball so well, Jessica said. If we've got a chance this season, it's because of Shelly. Amy wrinkled her nose. I don't think basketball is very feminine. I'm glad I'm a cheerleader instead. (laughs) Jessica shook her head. I'm glad the girls on the team don't feel that way or we wouldn't have anyone to cheer for. She laughed. The boys team didn't even qualify for the playoffs this year. (laughs) Amy shrugged. Since when are you such a big girls sports fan? All I'm saying is, I can't imagine Shelly being very graceful on the dance floor. You don't have to make an issue out of it. <laughs> I, I just really enjoyed that passage. It's A, it's nice to see Jessica like uh, being on the right side of an argument yeah, for once. Well, these two people started, in my mind, to come up with the B story, which is a comic story. Oh my gosh. Yeah, well, let's talk about the B story because it's really, as you said, it is... <laughs> Very funny. Um, Amy is really gung-ho about these, like, ballroom dance classes that are happening. Because? Well, at first, I think she just thinks that here's this great teacher. Nobody knows anything about him. This guy um, named Patrick McLean. Yes. He's coming, um, coming back to town. So I think that in order to fully uh, appreciate the value of the B story here, we need to momentarily adjourn to the part of the podcast where we talk about boys. So before we get to the main event, we can talk about a fellow briefly. I just want to describe a, a cute guy, another guy we've never heard of before that I, to my knowledge, unless I'm just forgetting. It's getting to be a lot of books now, Gladiators. Uh, a guy named Kurt Campbell. Jessica imagined herself floating dreamily in the arms of Kurt Campbell, a handsome senior she had decided she liked. Kurt was a varsity football player, which meant he would definitely be attending the dance. Jessica hadn't really dated anyone seriously since her recent breakup with AJ Morgan, but she was more than ready to get back in circulation. And dance lessons might make her even more attractive to Kurt. So that's Jessica thinking about why she's going to go ahead and go along with Amy to go to these dance lessons, even though she's not sure there are even going to be that many boys there and, like, who cares about learning to dance. But then the real um, main boy event, like, uh, just let's listen critically to (laughs) the book's description of Patrick McLean. So I'll start the scene. Uh, Jessica is... Talking to Amy, other people that are at the very first session of this dance class are, um, it says that the only boys there are Winston, Bruce Patman, this guy named Jim Roberts, and Craig Hilliard is there too. So 50% guys we've never heard of before, and uh, Winston and Bruce. Anyway, we need more guys, Jessica complained. And guys with names like Kurt Campbell, right? Amy joked. Jessica flipped her hair back over her shoulder. She was about to come up with a retort when the door to the gym opened and the most handsome man she had ever seen in her life walked in. Oh my God, Amy said, grabbing Jessica's arm. Don't tell me that's... 
Hi, the young man said cheerfully, setting a tape player up in the front of the room. My name's Patrick McLean. He surveyed the group with a friendly smile. Not that many people interested in learning to dance, huh? Well, maybe we'll get some more people interested by the time we're through. Amy was pretending to swoon. I'm gonna faint, she told Jessica. Hold me up. Jessica couldn't speak. All thoughts of Kurt Campbell had flown right out of her head. Amy, she said softly, if I ever told you I was in love before, I was lying. This is it. I'm gonna follow that man around till the day I die. <laughs> but, importantly, a page later, Jessica was trying to guess how old he was. He was really tall, at least six feet three, she thought. That's a weird, interesting way to say that, six feet three. Okay. With light, wavy hair, chiseled features, and penetrating dark eyes. With his slender build and European-style clothes, he looked like a model. Everything about Patrick was cool, down to the tiny diamond stud he wore in his left ear. So, he goes on to explain that he's majoring in dance and theater at UCLA, and he wants to start a series of dance studios in Southern California. So I'm picturing this extremely handsome, very well-put-together young man with a diamond stud in his in his left ear, there's best specific, and wearing his European clothes, who majored in dance and theater at UCLA. And um, yeah, I guess I'm not picturing a fellow who would be particularly interested <laughs> in dating any girls. Amy or Jessica. <laughs> Amy or Jessica. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm excited about this. You know, these books are so rarely have even like coded gay characters that it's just like, yeah, cool. The book is like a savvy reader knows what's up. Yeah. And yet he does seem to play with the way he speaks and presents himself to to allure people. And he almost hints at that when he says, maybe more people will be coming. Yeah, yes. it's like he knows how hot he is. <laughs> and he's right. Like, the word spreads that, I mean, we could do the blow-by-blow blow of how those dance classes play out. But basically, it's a way for Jessica and Amy to kind of be trying to one-up each other. Um, Jessica is so distracted by his handsomeness when she dances with him that she's not very good, but she pretends that it's the greatest joy of her life. Did it strike you as strange? Did to me that this guy is uh, is studying it, it dance at UCLA, and his goal is to open up a dance studio. Everybody I I know that studies dance professionally wants to dance professionally, not open up a studio. That's what you do when you're. He's just a realist from a very early age. I mean, I don't exactly know why anybody's going to go to the Patrick McLean dance studio if you don't have any notoriety other than being a recent college graduate. I am a very stylish European dance major, and my goal is to teach people old-fashioned ballroom dance. Yeah, teach high schoolers. He wants to spread the love of ballroom dance around the world, which again, you know, absolutely a thing that a straight man could want to do. I'm just saying, I got it. Maybe it's, maybe this is on me. I just got an image in my head. So it was that much more delightful to watch Jessica and Amy and even Lila at a certain point really swoon over this guy. So we can get back to what happens in the B plot a little bit later. But as long as we are uh, adjourning to talk about boys, here's a quick uh, description of Greg Hilliard. This is Shelley thinking about him. She couldn't stop thinking how good looking he was. He was well built for someone so slender and had thick dark brown hair, eyes that were a beautiful shade of gray. 
which we know is the most desirable eye color oh, <laughs> in the world of Sweet Valley High. <laughs> with all of the weirdness that goes along with saying that. Okay. He was tall, although an inch or two shorter than she was. So even though he's a couple inches shorter than her, I think that's important because what's going to happen early on is Shelly's finally going to get up the nerve to ask Greg to go to the dance with her, right? Yes. What'd you think of that scene? Well, she gets up the nerve to, to ask him. I mean, the big part about that scene is is how confused and dis- negative his response to her. I am graceful, I guess you'd say. Yeah, and he literally says to her, we would look silly together because you're taller than me. Yeah. Which I think, I mean, I don't think he means that as an insult to Shelley, but of course that hits her rawest nerve, right? Yeah. You know? And you would think that somebody who, even if it was just playing basketball all those years, would have some sense of how she would respond to it. But And he didn't seem to have any awareness at all. So he didn't seem to be the most socially perceptive person. No. The other thing um, that I I can relate to this a lot, as someone who is has an easy time being friends with guys, that she really bristles when Greg calls her champ. Uh-huh. Right? You know, he calls her these, like... Yeah. She's, I mean, he's, he's often talking to her about how proud he is or excited he is yeah. about how well she's doing in basketball, yeah. which is great. But she hears him call her champ, and she's just like, oh, God, that's all he sees me as. This is, like, sports jock neighbor kid who we used to play basketball with. <laughs> so, get, now that that's out of the way, we uh-huh. can get to Jim Roberts, uh-huh. who I believe asks Shelly to dance at one of these ballroom classes, because he's there, too. Right. And he clearly is pretty into Shelley from the beginning. Yeah, he's he's into her, although it's not real clear. He he finds her fascinating, but he's not. Uh, he's kind of a shy person, and he's not that forward, right? Yeah, and also he, we know that he's just enjoyed watching her play basketball. So I, I'm not sure that he even really knows that he's like into her, but he's excited to be talking to her. I think he's like a little starstruck even. Well, he, he talks to her about how she, how she seems real and, 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 you know, a real person rather than feigning a lot of stuff as people do in high school. That's true. Yeah. Um, so he kind of wants to spend more time with her and initially, she's a little bit like, oh, I don't really know. Yeah. But then it's like she sees Greg and Car- Carol is also at the class, even though they're definitely broken up. She, like, sees them go off together or something. Like, I don't know. She uh-huh. sees them dancing together. And she wants to, I don't know. She's a little jealous. And she's like, I'll just go ahead and yes. spend some time with Jim. Yeah. Jim asks her, do you want to go get, I don't know, was it coffee or something? I mean, in Sweet Valley, it was probably ice cream. but. Yeah. <laughs> A soda, maybe. I, I mean, I don't think for once the dairy burger does not actually appear. There was no dairy burger. <laughs> no dairy burger was harmed in the making of this book. Yeah. But we got to give an honorable mention now to Kathy, um, Kathy Ulrich, the yes. friend of Shelley's, who I just loved in this book. Every yeah. time she's she's so supportive of Shelley, but she's also very no nonsense. Like she's yeah. calling Shelley's bullshit. Because Shelley does this thing of like, nothing's wrong. Like she has a bad game uh-huh. or a bad practice. Uh-huh. And Kathy's like, so what's going on with you? She's like, nothing. And Kathy's like, Shelly, <laughs> I exist for you to talk to me. Like, I'm your best friend. Like, this is the whole point of me. Yeah. <laughs> so um, at one point, you know, she enc- she actually really encourages Shelly to ask Greg Hilliard to the dance. And when she checks in afterward and Greg's had this bad reaction, she- and uh, Kathy says to Shelly, 
If he didn't die of joy on the spot, he's stupid. So forget him. <laughs> I just thought that was sweet. And she's yeah. like, we can just go yeah. to the dance alone. Like, yeah. you don't have to have a date to go to this dance. And I just thought that was sweet. I like Kathy. Yeah, Ka- Kathy is cute. Although I think all the girls in this book have have a, an, another girl they're close with. And the other girl they're close with doesn't have the character development that the, that the main one has. Yeah. Maybe that's not true of Amy Sutton because she's kind of that dynamic with Jessica is pretty equal. Oh no, no, no. you're right, yeah. Jessica. Just I mean, if we're looking at the books as a whole, uh-huh. definitely Amy Sutton doesn't get the character development that Jessica does. I think that's true. Um, but I mean, I don't know honestly if we're ever going to see Kathy or Shelley again. I mean, it remains to be seen. Shortly after that conversation, there's a playoff game. And it's kind of going back and forth, and Shelly can't shake her bad feeling about what happened with Greg, and she's just off her game, and, and they end up losing for the first time. They lose the game to Emerson. Uh-huh. And it's, so it's a good thing it's best three out of five. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, they'd be out. Um, so then at the game, uh, Jim Roberts has been taking pictures. So here's the conversation between them. Shelly couldn't wait to get showered and changed and out of the locker room. To her surprise and annoyance, Jim Roberts was hanging around outside the locker room when she came out half an hour later. Hi, he said shyly. I just wanted to tell you, but Shelly was in no mood to be polite. Look, she said, her voice sounding more rude than she had intended. I just have one thing to say. I don't like having my picture taken. Do me a favor and dump that roll of film. Jim looked embarrassed. I did mean to upset you, he said. Shelly nervously ruffled her short, wet hair with her fingers. Well, she said, you did. (laughs) She didn't know what else to say. Why don't you like having your picture taken, Jim went on. Shelly stared at him. What am I supposed to say to that? Because I have a bad self-image, Jim? Because I'm a klutz? Because I just missed the shot that could have turned the game around for us? I was wondering, Jim blurted out, if I could take you out to get a soda or something, or take a walk, you know. So there you go, a soda or something. And somehow, oh, and that's when she sees Greg and Carol walk by, and she's so she agrees, and it's a good thing she does because she finds out that she likes she likes Jim. Uh-huh. Like they get along pretty well, and I think part of what she likes is, is she doesn't understand it, but she likes someone who likes her, you know. Right. It did strike me as odd that somebody who's on a basketball team would react so negatively to somebody taking their picture because. That really is part of being on a team. <laughs> yeah. Particularly if you're good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Jim did does take these pictures, and, and he and Shelley have a lot of conversation over the next chapter about, you know, whether he's going to take pictures of her or not, and, like, how she never wants anybody to see any of the pictures that he takes of her. If he, You know, he doesn't just dump the film. But... At one point, Jeffrey French is in the, like, dark room. There's uh-huh. some sort of dark room at the school right. that Jim goes to develop some photos. And everybody, it's like Elizabeth and, and Jeffrey, see Jim's photos. And they're like, whoa. You, not just photo of Shelley, but, right. like, you're on a whole other level. Right. He's he's good at, he aims to capture the character of the person he's, he's doing, like a lot of famous photographers have done. You know, in in their pose of them or or taking of the picture. D- 
just to be clear, most of the pictures that I could, that he's taking of Shelly or, or her playing ball, right? Right. He's, yeah. t- he's taking pictures of her while she's playing basketball. Right. And there's one in particular where it's like, oh my gosh, it looks like she's floating. Like she looks so beautiful and graceful. And Jeffrey basically like tells Jim, I mean, there's this whole, this whole back and forth between them when Jeffrey's like, you got to submit this photo. And Jim's like, no, I'm not going to. And Jeffrey's like, why wouldn't you do it? And Jim's like, cuz. Jim is just like, look, I I don't want to enter the contest. And Jeffrey says, oh, well, you know, if I were, if you were an athlete like Shelly, wouldn't you want to have everybody see this great picture of you? And even though he's literally promised Shelly that, like, he'll never show anyone the photos he's taken, he thinks about it and he's sort of like, thinks like, yeah, if, if this, you know, wins it, you know, if I submit this picture and like people could see it, like then maybe Shelly will see too, like how beautiful she is. It's, it's, um, I think the note that I wrote here at the end of this segment, um, where he, he finally decides like, yeah, I am going to submit it. Shelly will see, then Shelly will see how beautiful she is. The note I wrote was just, oh no, Jim, no. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This is not a good idea. Like, yeah, this, this ask her first at least, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, you, but when I read this this book, it was kind of clear the direction it was going, and I really thought of a draw by number kind of a thing because the plot would go here and then it would take a little angle here. But you all always knew the shape it was going to draw. You know, it says it's got to bend a little bit this way. So this is one of those bends that went way out there and then it had to come back, you know. Well, that's true. This one is at heart, really, it's a romantic comedy, this book. Right. I mean, light on the comedy, yeah. but, but that's yeah. what it is. It's, I mean, it's a romance. Right. You know, the two characters are really falling in love, but they can't quite see eye to eye. And what happens very quickly after this is that Jim submits his photo to the contest. And Olivia Davidson, who's like the arts editor... Um, sees the picture like he momentarily pulls it out of this envelope uh-huh. and like thinks about it for a second like should I really do this and Olivia sees it and is like wow look at that photo uh-huh. that's amazing Shelly looks amazing you might win this thing Jim you know and he goes ahead and and he puts it in the slot and you know goes about his business and like the very next thing that happens is that <laughs> Olivia sees Shelly in line uh, at the cafeteria and it's like, oh, I just saw that great picture of you that Jim took. He submitted it to the contest. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oof, yikes. <laughs> that was swift. Swift and deadly. Draw that line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so Shelly is really instantly pissed. Like, yeah. the next time she sees Jim, who is blissfully unaware that Shelly knows what he's done... Yeah. It's not just cold shoulders. It's almost like freezing them out. Yeah. Yeah. She says, well, here's what she says. You promised me that you'd never take a picture of me again and that you'd never show it to anyone if you did. She glared at him. So what do you do? You enter a picture of me in a contest hoping it'll get published so the whole world can laugh at me instead of just you and Olivia Davidson? (laughs) Now Jim was starting to get angry, too. This is the tail end of their (laughs) argument. Shelly, you're being ridiculous. No one is laughing at you. The whole reason... Once again, Shelly cut him off. Don't you dare call me ridiculous. You're the one who's trying to make me look like a fool by taking a picture of me and plastering it all over the papers. Jim shook his head wearily. Look, we're both being unreasonable, he tried. 
You broke your promise, she cried, her eyes shining with tears. I don't care what else you say, Jim. How can I ever trust you again? And with that, she spun on her heel and ran down the hallway toward the locker room. <laughs> so it's, it's like two things at once, right? She has a right to be mad at him for breaking the promise. Mm-hmm. He, didn't, he made a bad choice. But you can hear in her reasoning with the argument how much of an issue she has, right? Right. To just the the irrational thinking at play here yeah. of you you want like as if his whole plan all along like he wasn't even really interested in her he just wanted to like fuck with her by taking pictures so that everybody could laugh at her it's really uh, warped thinking. It's it's also it seems to me that she has uh, not the slightest empathy for the fact that. Uh, photography is a hobby and perhaps more than that for him you know she just yeah that's true I mean and that ends up coming up in the story right because Mm -hmm. that's part of the realization that she has to come to is that it is important for him this could even be a career opportunity but now we have Jim's thing which is that he is very insistent when people ask that, like, no, I, you know, the photography is just for me. I don't want to enter a contest. Like, he doesn't, I think the subtext there is that he doesn't want to subject his work to outside scrutiny. Mm-hmm. So he really keeps it very private. And so Shelley doesn't even really know that much how important it, it is to him until, I don't know, somebody, probably Elizabeth, maybe Kathy. I think it's Kathy. Kathy points it out to him. I mean, Kathy has a great line. She says, when she's being supportive, like, I get why you're upset. And you're the only one who really knows how you feel about him. You haven't known him for that long. But she says, I think you have a problem with your self-image, Shelley. And that isn't going to go away just by not speaking to Jim. It's something you're going to have to deal with by yourself. <laughs> And it says, you know, Shelley knew that Kathy was right. She'd overreacted to Jim's pictures because she was certain there was something wrong with her. Deep down, she knew it was irrational, but she couldn't help it. So, Perhaps this is a good time for you to interject about uh, Shelley's mother. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I guess we could start with the fact that... that Kathy and Shelley's mother are on the same page in terms of saying that Shelley has a bad self-image and that she's, you know, she's exaggerating how people look at her negatively. She's a beautiful yeah. person. And, you know, you you would expect that from your mother. Uh, yeah. Shelley's mother is I hope definitely... for that, at least. Right. And Shelley's mother is definitely... Uh, like over it. Like she's really tired of hearing Shelley complain about her appearance. And, um, you know, it's, it's not the most sympathetic thing in the world, but you, it's not hard to relate to that perspective. But so what happens after Shelley and Jim have this big fight is that Jim gets Mr. Collins to withdraw his photo from the contest. And when Shelley finally, she's had a change of heart, she calls Jim, she wants to apologize. But Jim basically jumps right to, listen, I understand, I'm sorry for what I did, and I took the picture out of the running for the contest. See you later. And then he basically hangs up. Right. So they don't get a chance to talk. And then Shelley, really still kind of overcome by her feelings, and she feels really guilty, she goes to Mr. Collins' house. This was actually uh, a Collins, Collins watch, watch 2021. 2021. <laughs> Our first Collins watch in quite a while. So Mr. Collins is like, I don't get it. Like, why are you asking me? Like, I can't re-enter this thing. The guy specifically begged me to take it out. Shelley looked down at the floor. You know the picture is of me, right? No, Mr. Collins said. The only thing I know about it is that Jim asked me to withdraw it. Shelley sighed. 
Well, it's all my fault. Jim took some shots of me playing basketball, and I asked him not to show them to anyone. I've always been kind of, she faltered, self-conscious about my height. I know it sounds dumb, but I just don't like having my picture taken. I can understand that, Mr. Collins said gently. He smiled at her. I think we're all afraid of the things that make us stand out from other people. He cleared his throat. The funny thing is, it's usually the things we're most embarrassed about that are the very things other people envy in us. <laughs> so, Mr. For, Collins being a good guy. Yes. For all you aspiring to be taller, this is a real great book for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, so if you're, if you're short and you feel self-conscious about it, well, you, it might just be the thing that other people admire most about you, your shortness. Um, <laughs> so I don't know if it's accurate advice, but he doesn't say always. He says yeah. often. Often, yeah. And sure enough, she gets it back in the paper. And so Jim doesn't know about this until he fully wins <laughs> the contest. Right. Jeffrey gets second place. Yes. And is very cool about it. Uh-huh. <laughs> He's like, yeah, Jim is a much better photographer than me. <laughs> I saw his stuff. Yeah, no way. Well, that guy's great. <laughs> So now Jim like comes to talk to Shelly and Shelly thinks he's going to be ecstatic, but he's like, I don't understand you. <laughs> like, what do you want from me? And they have this awkward moment where Jim even says like, I think we keep saying the wrong things to each other. Yes. <laughs> so they are unable to make up. And they make up in the middle of a basketball game. Uh, well, uh, before that happens there's this little bit of time where we know that the picture is going to be in the paper the next day jim and shelly still haven't made up shelly's like well i guess it's over forever (laughs) (laughs) mrs novak is really excited finding out that shelly's picture is going to be in the paper and shelly is like don't look so happy about it mom why would you want your giant sized daughter's picture plastered all over the paper mrs novak shook her head i can't believe you shelly It isn't enough that you win every prize and award there is in the world of high school basketball. The fact that a photograph of you won first prize ought to be a hint that you're a beautiful girl, but you still manage to insist that you're a freak, she sighed. Keep it up and you just may manage to convince someone you're right. Is that what you want to do? And uh, she says no. And then here is my oh my my god God moment, moment. (laughs) this uh, particular passage where I did, uh, my my dad heard me say oh my god, with I think a certain key of of shock mixed with delight at the next thing. Her mother wasn't through yet. Next time I hear you complain about your height, I'm marching you right over to the children's hospital so you can see some children born with real problems. Then maybe you won't make such a big deal out of being a few inches taller than the other girls in your class. (laughs) Like... Wow. <laughs> it's like the nuclear option for Mrs. Novak here. She had enough. Like, some people have real problems, Shelly. <laughs> Shut up already about being six feet tall. <sighs> I, I do like, I do think it's valley, valid, though, the point that she makes about how Shelly wins all this stuff, and now the picture wins the paper, and then she's going to go on to win even more things before the book is over, right? Yeah. <laughs> so literally the only problem that Shelly has in her whole life is her own self-image. Yeah. I mean, she's got boy problems, I guess. Yeah. But. And and it, it's just that one topic, basically. I mean, she doesn't feel bad about how she's a student or anything. I mean, she, No, she's, I think she doesn't only feel too tall. I think she also feels... She doesn't think she's graceful, even though people keep saying she's graceful. Uh-huh. 
she doesn't think she's pretty. You know, she thinks her haircut is ugly. Like, there's other physical stuff. Uh-huh. But the tallness is the biggest thing. But you're, you're right. You said that they make up during a basketball game. So you want to talk about that? Yes, the game is not going well. And uh, then she sees Jim Roberts up in the stands. He finally shows up. He finally like- shows up. He, she's been looking for him because they haven't made up. And then she gets... Uh, this girl, I think her name is Maria Santelli or something like Maria that. Maria Santelli, good job, Dad. To, uh, to, to run up a note. Here, here, you want to read it? Oh, sure. She sends up a note that says, Thank you for the most beautiful picture in the world. You said in the interview you couldn't throw it out because you'd fallen in love with it. That's exactly how I feel about you. Is there any way in the world that we can make up? I want to take you to the dance with me tonight. <laughs> yeah. Aw, so it's very sweet and very earnest. And uh, she's referring to having re- finally looked at this picture, which she, she avoided the paper for much of the day. And and actually being able to see, you know, at first she doesn't see anything about her, her usual self, but she thinks about it. She looks at it through someone else's eyes and she actually has a change of heart. She can kind of see like, oh, well, yeah. People keep telling her throughout. People keep telling her, yeah. She, she, before she finally looks at it. Yeah. And she's how, had a bunch of people's reactions independently. Yeah. They tell her how beautiful she looks, but also how, like, how graceful uh, throughout the book, but especially after the picture comes out, she's getting a lot of models are six feet tall, you know? So it's like, hey, you're, <laughs> you know, this thing that, that you're saying is a quality of you being ungraceful and unattractive. The, like, most famous, like, Lila <laughs> says something about how, like, oh, I wanted to be a, a model, but I w- was told I wasn't tall enough, you know? Well, there's, a, <laughs> there's another oh, girl in, in the book that says she wished she had her legs. Yeah, her, like, long legs. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's hard for me to picture this photo because it in my mind, it basically just looks like a photo of someone shooting a basket. Like, oh, I, th- I think it's the graceful. The th- I have s- somebody moving through the air with their hand up with the ball in it like they're going to lay it in which is would be a typical thing for a center who's who's shooting over somebody it's just to be reached out like imagine kind of a ballerina pose in, in the in the air where they've taken off the ground and but she's got a ball in her, oh. in her upper hand well that helps quite a bit dad thanks <laughs> <laughs> painting a picture for all of us gladiators jim looks up at her and they smile and it also gives shelly the power the confidence necessary to pull ahead and win the game although i did note that it said in the end that they won the series three games to one which means that if they had lost the game the series wouldn't have been over they would have just right, had to have one more game. it would have been tied up <laughs> so okay not quite the stakes that you might expect but that's all right um and so then Jim goes to the dance with her. Oh, but Greg Hilliard comes back up and he's like, hey, hey. Shelly, that, that was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and? Oh, you, you, he you, asks her to go to the dance. Go to the dance, yeah. He said, which in the context of it makes it sound kind of cheap, but he's probably had second thoughts. He's, he, he's your friend. <laughs> right. The book does he kind of set it up like, oh, sure, now that I'm a winner, you want to go. But but it is entirely possible, he to said, be fair to Greg. Oh, he, he kind of shut her down mm-hmm. like, oh, that was kind of crowded crude for somebody you know yeah he likes i felt like it almost suggested that he saw the picture in the paper and was also like oh yeah. how pretty you can look how beautiful she is yeah <laughs> i never saw her that way you know he's known her her whole life yeah. so um so 
they go to the dance. And also at the dance, we have a closure to our B story. Mm -hmm. Um, Jessica and Amy have made a bet with each other about uh, who will dance first with Patrick McLean. He's coming to the dance. They all are getting to the dance early, and each one of us spent big, big bucks on a fancy dress. Right, because it's like they're both sure that they're going to win the bet, and then they're going to win money from the other person that is going to counteract the cost of their dress. And and anybody who's watching a sitcom from the days of I Love Lucy, what happens? Well, (laughs) at first she couldn't believe her eyes. She thought she must be seeing things, and she actually rubbed her eyes and blinked twice. But there was Amy Sutton, bouncing up the steps to the hotel, her blonde hair shining, her eyes bright. That wasn't what was making Jessica so crazy, though. Amy always looked good. What she was staring at was Amy's dress, strapless, lilac, with a puffy skirt, the exact same dress Jessica was wearing. Jessica's eyes widened with horror. Amy hadn't seen her yet. She was too busy skipping lightly up the steps in a pair of silvery sandals that Jessica had to admit looked even better with the dress than the cream-colored pumps she herself was wearing. Then Amy stopped short, and all the happiness vanished from her face. Her mouth dropped open in surprise. Verbal catfight time. (laughs) Well, it is great, actually. Jessica, there's no way we're going into that ballroom wearing the identical dress. I'd rather die. So die, Jessica says furiously. (laughs) I love it. So die. I mean, Amy basically tells Jessica to take the dress off. I'm just like, what? What? I don't have any other clothes. So, But lo and behold, Patrick McLean shows up with a date, a very beautiful woman. Yes, and my sense of this whole thing is that Patrick's been using the whole dance Stuff is a photo op. That's basically yeah. what it is to promote his studio. Entirely possible. Entirely possible. Um, so there was a funny moment towards the end of the dance where Coach Schultz, remember Coach Schultz? Uh-huh. Dad from, from Racing Hearts. Yeah. He encouraged Roger uh, Patman, nay Barrett, to uh, to be a good racer. Um, he It says that he tapped a spoon against his wine glass. <laughs> Why does he have a wine class at a high school dance? I know, this is very unusual. Well, it's it's a high school dance slash sports banquet. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> it's kind of wild. They just didn't really like double down on the like, banquet part of the banquet. It didn't really sound like there were tables or anything for people to sit down at. But anyway, Shelly Novak wins the like big sports award for being the best sports person. Uh-huh. And... Then there's a dance contest Patrick McLean is, is putting on, especially for the people that have been doing the ballroom dancing class. And who should win the, da- the dance contest? Well, Shelly is one of the two people. <laughs> Shelly and, and Jim. Jim is the other. <laughs> so Shelly's just winning everything. So it's really like, okay, you you have no problems now. You're just a winner. Yes, th- this is a bento box of sports and entertainment events is all i have to say (laughs) yeah yeah you gotta gotta pack them all in i really do have a jam-packed events calendar at at sweet valley high and and didn't didn't uh mclean get out of the uh out of a limousine with his his uh his His date yeah limousine to high school sport. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's it almost makes it sound like a prom or something more formal you know yeah absolutely like the most formal kind of dance there could be 
Yeah. Uh, and, and Jessica and Amy both in these very expensive dresses. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know what. Oh, oh, I do know what Shelly's wearing. Her mother bought her a beautiful dress as like a congratulations present. Yeah. For, I don't know. Congratulations for being great. I guess she would have gotten it no matter what, but it was just a nice, a nice gesture from her mother. Although I can imagine her mom putting a card in the box that's like, maybe this will convince you that you're not ugly. Yes. <laughs> Sweet Valley is a town where the uh, young women spend big bucks on getting formal dresses, it sounds that's, like. Yeah, very, very true. Yeah. <laughs> and all the little girls at home can live vicariously, or boys, whoever wants to yeah. do that, can live vicariously through. The girls of Sweet Valley. I think that's pretty much all that all she wrote about Perfect Shot, right. um, except that Jim is maybe going to have like a, a freelance job at the news now, right? Uh, taking pictures of games. And Shelley got the the newspaper to use him as for for taking pictures and use his pictures of her. Right? Yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. Yeah. So, but it is because of Shelley that. He gets to do that because they want to get a picture with her. And she's Uh like, no, use this guy's pictures. Uh So pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, All that's left of uh, the perfect shot is the setup for book 56. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Which, you know, as ever, was uh, a little (laughs) little shoehorned in. Well, I think what was odd about the title is what you... Oh, sure. (laughs) Well, you'll get to read that for everybody in a second. But basically, uh, you know, Amy and Jessica are also like science class lab partners in this book. And Mr. Russo, the science teacher, keeps on scolding them for talking instead of doing their work and saying that that they're behind. And finally, at the end of the book, he's like, this optional science field trip that's coming up is not going to be optional for you guys because you need the extra credit if you want to pass this class, basically. And so, would you mind teasing the next book? Will the science field trip go according to Jessica's plans? Find out in Sweet Valley High number 56, Lost at Sea. (laughs) Yeah, so... I don't know. Maybe it'll go great. We'll see. (laughs) Gilligan with a microscope. (laughs) <laughs> oh, Dad. Well, I don't think I have to ask you if you're a Jessica or an Elizabeth again, but I could ask you if you're a Shelly or a Jim. <laughs> uh, um, Are you more Shelley, of a Kathy? I'd say I'm more of a Jim. <laughs> sure. Uh, that makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, I feel more like a Kathy. That's an Kathy's option. a great person. Maybe yeah. I just want, maybe just aspire to be a Kathy. <laughs> I'm a Kathy with the Shelleys of my life, but then there are parts of my life where I'm a Shelley as well. Um, I could see myself as Kathy. Yeah. I mean, as she is in this book, the, the, the thing, like I said about Kathy in this, this book is she's a great friend and that's the, what you like about her, but you don't find much about Kathy's likes and interests or anything about herself, so it's kind of hard to say identify with not having a personality core. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I really do. I'm so curious to see if she ever pops up again. Come on, Kathy. Let's everybody call in for Kathy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gladiators. Call in for Kathy. Uh, you know, leave a review on Apple Podcasts where you mention how you hope there's more Kathy Ulrich in future books. Uh, and along with that, you can leave the five stars 
And also, uh, send me an email at sweetvalleydiaries at me.com. Follow on Instagram, Sweet Valley Diaries, or on Twitter, Sweet Valley. Thank you so much for listening. Tell a friend about the show, all the good stuff. And I thank you, Dad, for <laughs> spending yet another uh, chunk of your life uh, indulging me. <laughs> And, and the gladiators who do. Well, this was actually easier to read than, than some of the others simply because you you knew where it was going. <laughs> I thought you were going to say simply because it was half as long. Yeah. <laughs> the last two you've read have been on the longer side. The super editions. See you next time, gladiators. Yeah. And remember, you know, if somebody wants to take your picture, just, you know, get to know them. See if that makes sense or not before you decide what to do. I don't know. <laughs> That's not the advice. Imagine how everything can come together miraculously in the end. Yeah. That's, that's some nice closing words of wisdom. Thanks again, Dad. Me that extra cushion. That'd be that may good. be beyond my abilities at the moment. Ooh. Okay, don't do that, Siri. <laughs> I think I put my phone in the bedroom so it doesn't do whatever bink. Oh, the, well, if it binks, it's still, don't you have your iPad out here? It's, that's going to bink. Um, I did. I could put that in the other room. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm going to do two passes at the um, intro at the intro because I have two different things that I wrote. Okay. Am I ready? I feel very tense. La la la. <laughs> what would you rather sit on one of these chairs? It seems like Yeah, that might be a good idea. Oh okay. Well just cushion here. Great. It's a good idea. Not very high. My dad's high. all right this could be good all right you want to talk hello marissa are you there oh that was very very a lot of uh, delivery a lot of uh you know see this is what i'm worried about like my brain's not working um that is was very forceful oh